0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Root. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder, trying to get him out of space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes! Crowder! It's a foot race, and Crowder is in there! A 69-yard touchdown. Darnold escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires end zone, it's Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know and that's
2: <laughs> the QAnator. Oh my gosh! Listen. Thank you.
1: From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like a Jet1. And it's time for part two of the mailbag with the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at jetsinsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbly. So. Let's jump right back into the mailbag. Next question comes in from Camaroto. He says, will the Jets get compensation picks for hiring Salah under the new rules? I'll answer this one because it's a very simple answer. No, that pick goes to the San Francisco 49ers. The rule is... If you have an assistant who is a minority candidate for a head coaching job and he gets hired by another team, then the team that lost the coach gets the compensation pick, which I believe is a third rounder. The thinking behind this is that it gives teams more incentive to promote minority candidates up the ranks so that they're more visible for these head coaching vacancies. So, Chris, that's a simple answer. Nothing else that really needs to be said there. And speaking of compensation picks, Patrick Smiraldi asks... Are you expecting a third-round compensation pick for Robbie Anderson? I don't think so because, Chris, if I'm not mistaken, they would have to keep their spending under a certain limit, and I would assume that they're going to spend a fair amount this year because a lot of good free agents, big advantage because so many teams are looking to get rid of salary, and you've got a brand-new head coach. So all the dominoes align for a decent spending spree here, so I would assume they're not going to get a compensation pick for Anderson.
2: Yeah, I will. They're definitely not getting anything near a third round compensation pick. I This happens to me almost every year where I end up my retention is the ability to retain certain things is lacking a little bit. So I'll be like, oh, let me read up on the uh, compensatory rules. And then I'll read it and I'll be like, okay, I get it. This all makes total sense. And then like two days later, that's all out my brain again. And then (laughs) next year I have to come back and I have to do it all over again. So the specifics of uh, all the compensatory rules always evade me. But number one, Robbie didn't sign for a big enough contract. Um, and then, uh, 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 so there's not going to be anywhere near a, uh, a third round pick. And then I ju- I, I, don't even think that you're going to be getting a late round comp for that. Uh, just, there wasn't a big enough gap in the money leaving and the money coming in. That's the, the formula to the compensatory picks is money coming out of your free agents and money coming in. And if there's a huge gap. Then you can get a better comp pick. Uh, the gap it wasn't anything but nearly big enough to get a three, a third round pick. It might be to get like a sixth round pick, but I don't even think that's it. I'll have to. I'll. Uh, while I'm waiting after we're done uh, recording, while I'm waiting for the games to start, I'll go ahead and look that up and tweet it out. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that he is not. They're not getting any comp picks for him.
1: Next question comes in from Andrew Golden. He says, How loud did the very big deal Chris Nimbly scream when he saw the news of the Salah hire? Well, let me answer this one before we even go to Chris, because knowing Chris the way I do, I'm going to explain to you how this probably worked in the Nimbly household. So, Chris was no doubt exhausted, as he often is, but especially with all of this going on. Plus, he had a pretty good inkling that Robert Sallow was going to be the guy all along anyway. He's not one to scream. He's more one to breathe a sigh of relief, and I'm guessing that's probably what happened. Am I right, Chris, that you just breathed a sigh of relief, said, thankfully, this is over now, and I can finally get some sleep?
2: We'll see, okay, I'm going to take you through how this worked out. <laughs> so, for for, like, for like three or four days, because this is a, a thing about the job, is there's certain times where, you know how like doctors are on call, uh, surgeons are on call for stuff, and they can't do really do much because they have to wait and see if they get called in. Um, that's kind of what it's like, obviously not anywhere near as important end game what I'm doing. But where I'm sitting there like, OK, at any moment, news can break and I have to be ready to write an article, record a podcast. I have to be ready to do all this stuff. Um, so I sit there until like about midnight every night waiting. And then after midnight comes and there's no news, I'm like, all right, I can start winding down now because the news isn't going to break at 1.30 in the morning. I did that for like three or four straight days. And then I'm sitting there and I fell asleep. I fell asleep about 15-20 minutes uh, before a text message I got that said it is confirmed Uh, and then the next morning I woke up and I saw it so my reaction was just of course it broke when I went to sleep of course it did. That was my exact reaction when that when the news broke. Again, I I was expecting it. I certainly didn't scream, um, but I was I was just like, of course. I had to fall asleep the n- early the night that the news breaks because that's just how things typically go.
0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from Coffee and Jets. He says, is it time? Are we finally allowed to be happy? Yeah, you can be happy. I would be cautiously optimistic. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that right now. But as we've talked about, Robert Sala looks like a very, very promising potential head coach. But he has never been had before, So, there are still questions about whether or not he can handle the job. By all accounts, and through everything that I've learned and that Chris has learned and that a lot of people have learned, he looks very likely to be able to handle the job. But until we see him do it, we won't know for sure. That said, there's a reason why I put out a poll, a thousand people voted, and I asked, is the Robert Sala hire good, bad, or somewhere in between? And 96% of people that responded said good. People are excited, people are optimistic This is a good way to wash all the Adam Gase stuff away So that we don't have to think about it anymore Robert Sala, very different from Adam Gase So yes, be happy, but still be on guard Because it is still the Jets And until this is proven to work There's still a chance that it won't
2: Yeah, see, I love this question Because this question is essentially a preview for me uh, An opportunity for me to preview and tease an article That I will have coming up uh, probably on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, I I am planning to write an article, basically, don't get carried away, but you guys be excited. Like, you have legitimately re- reasons to be excited now. And the main reason is something I talk about a lot is process over results, right? And right now, you have two guys in charge and running the show on this team who are both going to be about the correct process to things. Everything they are going to do is going to go in the, in the mold, in the mindset of working in the correct process to get things done correctly. Now, following that process does not just, you know, automatically make everything work. That's not how life works. Uh, That's just, you can make all the plans you want, uh, you know the saying uh, told God I made a plan and he laughed like so you can stick to the process and things can still not work out but when you have two guys that believe in the process and doing things correctly and it does appear right now that the Johnsons are going to mostly just stay out of their way and let them run things that is something fans haven't had they haven't had two people they can really trust running this organization, and right now I think you have those guys. Now the question is, you know, what are your expectations here? Are you are we saying that Robert Sala and Joe Douglas are going to lead them to a Super Bowl? I'm not saying that, but uh, I'm not saying it's not possible. But I'm not guaranteeing it. But I do think with these two guys running the organization that you're going to be competitive year in and year out uh, and you're going to be competing for the playoffs, playoff team. You're going to see this type of stuff with these two guys running it. Uh, how high they go, how far it goes is another discussion But to build this team backed up into a respectability to a team that can be competitive, a team that can be feared, I think you have two guys that you can trust to do this now. Um, We're going to have to see how everything plays out, decisions get made. They're going to make some wrong decisions. But I think the end result is going to be them doing more things right than wrong, and I think that's going to pay huge dividends and benefits for Jets fans down the road.
1: Here's what I'll say. Neither Sala nor Douglas is completely proven yet, but it's been a promising start for both, for what you've seen from Sala in San Francisco and what's gone on throughout the process of him being hired as coach and the start that Joe Douglas had. He hasn't been perfect, and we need to see more evidence, but so far, certainly more competency, at least in the early going, than we've seen from most general managers that have been in that spot here for the Jets for a bit. So... As you said, Chris, don't get carried away, but absolutely be optimistic. It's more than appropriate to be in that boat right now. Next question comes in from Paul. He says, what happens with Henry Anderson in the new defense? Does he shift to the interior line or does he stay as a defensive end? And bless you, Harry Skillman, because you more or less gave the answer I was going to give. He says, Henry Anderson, that depends on which team signs him after the Jets cut him.
2: (laughs) No, it it's a solid joke, but it's uh, it's also grounded in reality mm-hmm. because the, I, I see absolutely no way Henry Anderson is back here next year. is going to run more of 4-3. Remember, that's what uh, got Henry Anderson here in the first place is the Colts made the switch to more of 4-3, and then they decided they no longer needed him, so he came here. And that worked out great for a year, and then McCagn had to go, and you know, sign him. And they they're gonna end up moving on. There's there's almost no zero chance that he comes back here next year.
1: Harry Skillman then asks, "Who do you think is going to benefit most from the hiring of Robert Sala? That's currently on the roster." Off the top of my head, and I know my friend Joe Blewett said this. And everybody's been talking about this. Quinnen Williams, who, by the way, could not hide his excitement when the Jets hired Robert Sala. And Sala has spoken extremely highly of Quinnen Williams in the past. You know he's amped to work with Quinnen, and Quinnen is going to be amped to work with him. He's a perfect fit in that 4-3 under hybrid. I think there's a really good chance, knock on wood, as long as he stays healthy, that Quinnen could be an absolute monster in In that defense, so I think he's helped a lot And Bryce Hall too I also would look to see what the Jets are going to do With that other cornerback spot If you notice, in that Pete Carroll defense They love having a lockdown corner So I'm not sure what they're going to do there Could be a free agent, could be somebody in the draft Could be a trade But I would expect them to try and do something there But I also think that Bryce Hall benefits quite a bit Because he fits what they like to do in that scheme very well
2: yeah, I mean the the only answer to this question is Quinnen Williams. That like you can go for other players that it'll help to, and I'll add another one after I'm done with the Quinnen part of it. But that's that's the only answer. Like as the top guy, it's Quinnen Williams. Of course, it's Quinnen Williams, um, and it's going to be big for him. Then uh, Salah is going to get the most out of him, and he's going to have him wrecking shop um absolutely i i agree with your point about Bryce Hall i will add that richard sherman is a free agent um he's uh, he's older he's 32 he's still playing at a very high level and he loves robert sala and coaches when they get hired from coordinator to head coach they love to bring players that are familiar with their system to help teach the system to other guys um so i'm just going to throw that out there there uh you know, Kwon Williams, another guy, 49ers, uh, free agent that you could see come over. Uh, but another guy I'll mention that I think could be greatly benefited from Salah is John Franklin Myers. Uh, you could even maybe throw Bryce Huff in this as well. But with Quinn Williams' is gun is the no-brainer answer to this. But uh, somebody like John Franklin Myers off the edge with uh, all the stunting fronts and everything that uh, Salah is going to do up front uh, – Building off of what he's going to do with Quinton Williams, opening up things for someone like John, John Franklin Myers, I think could be a really big
1: for. Her. Next question comes in from Tim. He says, with all these reports that Deshaun Watson desperately wants out of Houston, do you think there's any realistic possibility that he could wind up on the Jets? So here's what I'll say to start. I still can't imagine that Houston isn't going to find a way to keep Deshaun Watson because it would be unprecedented. A player of his caliber at the quarterback position at 25 years old has never been traded. It's never happened. The closest thing was Jay Cutler and he was good at the time in Denver, but he was nowhere near as good as Watson, who's legitimately a top-six quarterback in the league. You saw what he did last year with very little help and terrible coaching. Imagine what he could do if he has help and has good coaching. So I still think that when it comes down to it, they're going to find a way to keep him happy. Maybe they'll hire Eric Bieniemy. Bieniemy will help them figure things out, and he'll stay. But if he does end up on the market, the one thing that I will say is the Jets certainly— should be at the front of the line, and I would imagine that Joe Douglas will absolutely investigate in a big way because the Jets do have a ton of draft capital, and unless they're in love with one of those quarterbacks at number two, you come in with somebody like Deshaun Watson and a new coach and I know that it would take a ton to get him, but that is the hardest position in sports to fill. We're not talking about a 30-year-old guy. We're not talking about a guy who's good, not great. We're talking about a legitimate, all-pro caliber guy at 25 years old. They have the capital to pull it off. I'm not sure that that's the direction they would go in, but I have no doubt about it that they would look deeply... I would think that the Jets are positioned as well as anybody, with the possible exception of the Miami Dolphins, to get a deal done if they wanted to. Now, let's keep in mind, the compensation would be insane. You're looking at at least three first-round picks, probably a couple of mid-round picks on top of that It may be more than that It could be four first round picks Now would I do it? I would absolutely trade for Deshaun Watson Because like I said You're talking about a 25 year old All pro caliber player The Jets have a ton of picks So they can move a bunch of them And still have assets to build around You give your new coach that guy You give your new coordinator that guy and you go ahead and give this fan base something to really roar about because you could build a Super Bowl championship <coughs> roster around Deshaun Watson. There's absolutely zero debate about that.
2: All right, so the question is uh, about the possibility of Deshaun being traded. And while I'm not going to sit here and say I fully expect him to be traded, there is ab- it is absolutely possible he will be traded – and the reason why I'm saying that is just Easter bit. That's it. Just there's a, there a story that came out today about how he's – T- telling people he's suing sports illustrated and that he's that the crafts <laughs> are behind in funding sports illustrated and just uh bad mouthing him and meanwhile he just hired a gm from the pa- patriots this guy is legitimately kooky pants nuts uh <laughs> like no uh, what is this guy doing to this organization um Bill O'Brien was obviously complicit in in the stuff going wrong there, but Easter Beast seems to be the biggest problem in, in any organization in football right now. Um, and there's no telling what what they'll do. And if Deshaun Watson's willing to make a big enough mess and willing to sit here and say, "Yeah, I'm not going to play," then I think that they will. There would be a good chance he ends up getting traded. Then becomes the question: It it you look at. The, the Jags, the Dolphins, and the Jets would be the three teams most uh, suited to do it. But you got to think the Jags probably will be more comfortable just to take Trevor Lawrence there and not worry about it. Mm-hmm. So it would be the Jets and the Dolphins with the two best. And then, you know, all the Dolphins talk. That was like, from what I've gathered, that was an idea that was floated out by Deshaun Watson and, and everybody was running with it like the Houston Texans are concerned we don't know what the Texans feel about uh, Tua. Would they want Tua? Cause if they don't want Tua, then the Jets and the Dolphins are pretty much even at that point, as far as trade partners. And then the Texans, you would think the Texans would be like, man, we really don't want to trade with the Dolphins because they're just sending us back our own stuff. Like that, that's it. They're just sending back stuff that was originally the Texans to begin with. Um, But yeah, absolutely. If Deshaun Watson becomes available to the Jets, then you do whatever you can to take it. There's got, you got to set a Mm -hmm. limit. I'm not sure exactly what that limit is, but you, you got, you have to be willing to give up a lot for Deshaun Watson as you should. And yeah, if if that becomes an option, then uh, Joe Douglas absolutely has to look into it and do whatever he can to try to get it done.
1: What do you think the price would be, Chris?
2: This is tricky because just, just on its face, trading, uh, well, is what, 25? Around that, trading that a top five franchise guy just signed to a contract. I, you're thinking, like I'm thinking three first round picks and three second to third round picks probably. But you got to think that. That's gonna. It's not gonna get quite that high because the only way I see them really trading him is if he's just made that much of a mess, and then in order for it to get built up back that high, there really has to be teams competing against each other. But I'd say it's gonna take. Yeah, it's 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 probably gonna take you three first round picks plus. Um May yeah, I, probably three first first rounds plus. Um, You know, plus a second and a third, two thirds, something along those lines. Um, Now, it greatly helps that the Jets have four first round uh, draft picks in the next two years. So they could give up theoretically. And, you know, I'm just talking out loud here. They could give up a first round pick in the next three years and they'd still have a first round pick in those first two years. Um, and then the the hope would be that third year, it's your pick is going to be in the late twenties, maybe thirties at that point. Um, it, it's a lot to give up, but man, to you don't find Deshaun Watsons that often. And I love the the other rookies in this class. I think they'll be real quarterbacks. I think they'll be really good. But I don't know that they're going to be what Deshaun Watson is now. And I know what Deshaun Watson is now. And that is an exceptional quarterback.
1: The very big deal, Chris Nimbley covering the Jets for JetsInsider.com. Thanks so much for coming on and taking some mailbag questions as always. We'll answer more soon because there's been so many of them. You can imagine why with everything going on. You've got a ton coming up at JetsInsider.com. So talk about what people can expect when they visit.
2: Yeah, I guess that, uh, next week on uh, Monday, I'll have something up just about why fans should be excited without getting too carried away, And uh, but you should be excited. I'm going to go through all the reasons roster-wise, construction-wise, why you, you should be able to have some faith in Joe Douglas and Salah, so I'll do all that. Pretty soon, I'm going to start, uh, once once all the staffing uh, is put in place then I'm going to start digging in through a free agency stuff. Me and uh, Jack uh, will have a bunch of stuff up there, go through position by position. Again, this year's uh, who should the team retain and resign is going to be a much shorter and easier list than normal, because the list is basically Marcus May, maybe Brian Poole if you want, but that's about it. <clears throat> um, so we'll have all that type of stuff, but uh, the the next shift will focus heavily into free agency Uh, The available free agents The positions that need to be upgraded So there will be plenty of content on there For you guys And then after that of course we move into the draft
1: Make sure that you're checking out everything Over at JetsInsider.com And following the very big deal Chris Nimbly Over at JetsInsider And at CNimbly on Twitter If you haven't given us a 5 star review on iTunes yet If you could go ahead and do that for us Really appreciate it Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. For the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and turnonthejets.com. Okay, round two. Name
0: something that's not boring.
1: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire,
0: huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.